My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today we are talking about self-care and enlightened leadership. I've got uh, my new friend, Louise Richardson. She's the CEO of AbSafe. It's a nonprofit in Scotland promoting community health safety. I believe she works with children, young people, and adults, all all ages, um, for all different reasons. She's going to share a lot about what she does. And this uh, this company that she has is is a calling that she followed. And uh, she has a very interesting story about how uh, in a life transition moment, she was called to do this work and it has literally changed her life. And, and it was all from meditation and going inward and kind of hearing what was important to her at the time. So welcome to the show, Louise. Looking forward to hearing your story. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm having a great day. Thank you, Molly. And I'm very excited to be here today. Good. Well, welcome to the show. So let, let us know a little bit more about AbSafe and, and what it is that you do as a nonprofit. What's, what's, uh, what's the goal and what's the average kind of day look like for you? So, yeah, we have quite a varied day, but ultimately we work with children and young people. So in Scotland, um, uh, usually P7, so they are 10, 11, 12 year olds come to our base and it's a, it's a mix between escape rooms and the crystal maze. So every set, we do eight sets, has a theme. So we have a bedroom set up as a bedroom, a kitchen set up as kitchen. And our aim really is to teach or work with kids and say to them, look, you can make these choices, but if you make that choice, you may harm yourselves. But if you make that choice, you're going to be okay. So we're trying to get young people to become critical thinkers and make different choices because our ultimate aim for the charity is to save a life prevent harm and save life that's it so everything we do has to have that focus at the end so if we do things that may look a bit random to people it's because we've talked it through and so actually if we do that and it stops one person doing that thing then actually we, 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 we've, we've had a good day so that's ultimately what we do but we work with younger kids we can work with older teenagers and we're just going to start a project doing cyber resilience with over 55s so it's really Important. about what, yeah. yeah, what the community want and what we see changing. Obviously, every cohort we get every year is different. And it's about adapting and changing with the needs of the community so we can best serve them. Because um, yes. like you say, quite rightly, we're a nonprofit and, you know, we have to apply for funding and all those kind of things. But ultimately, we try and do it in a really fun way. Um, so they remember it. And interestingly, I had somebody came yesterday for a different reason who was 18, who remembers coming here when she was 11 and remembers yeah, I remember you said that about that. And I remember, you, and I was thinking, wow, you know, that's like seven years. And she mm -hmm. went, I remember that. And I was mm -hmm. thinking, well, okay, I'll take it. I'll take that as a win. And I said, is it, is it, have you ever been on a train track? She went, no, I've always been too scared to go on a train track. So what we do works. And, and I think it's, it's had a really beneficial effect on our community. Oh, that's wonderful. And so just backing up to the train track thing, I was curious what kind of choices 
um, you would be working with these children with um, and so maybe like wandering on the train tracks. That would be one so thing. So we, <clears throat> we run a risk assessment matrix, uh, red, amber, green. So if you do that, you're going green. If you do that, going red. But the train is always red. You should never be on a train track. And so we have a pretend train and we get them to do a little task and they pick up a phone and they always die because the train theoretically runs them over. So we, mm. so it makes a noise because they think, oh, I can beat a train. So that's the only room that we call a red room because you should never be on a train track. And we tell them about how big trains are, how fast they go, how that one train goes, another train might come. Um, you know, you need to call for help. You should never be anywhere on a train track. And we show them videos of a driver that can't stop in time. And mm. we show them near misses. So every room has uh, a video, it has interactive information, it has visual information and written information, and usually a kind of fun task to do to reinforce the information that we're sharing with them at that time. Oh, I love that. That's just, that's very unique. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it's great, actually. It's, it's a great job. <laughs> Oh, I bet. And and so and using that idea of the escape room, I haven't been to one yet, but I've, I'm super curious, just an escape room or a, a you know, problem solving room mm -hmm. uh, to teach kids this it is it becomes like a game, but it is this kind of aha moment that yeah, they yeah. get from that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's wonderful. So can you share a little bit about how you know, that shift that came in your life? Yeah, um, you started taking meditation classes, and then you started going this direction, like who, who were you before that? Like, what were you doing? before I that shift i mean i think i was uh i probably i have some childhood trauma mm -hmm. and i think i've spent a lot of my life distracting myself from that mm -hmm. um so i think i was just busy i i, I think if i'm gonna put what i call my big girl pants and i have to admit i was probably a workaholic in mm -hmm. some respects and i used i didn't know till i stopped that i was using it as a distraction for lots of things um, I have four children. I'm happily married. Um, so it wasn't that, but it was this kind of this sense of worth and value I got from being the one that stayed later or, uh, you know, and I, I managed big teams. So I was on call for six years, 24 hours a day, three, three, six, five. So, and I think I'd gotten to a place where I just thought that was it. And that's the way I had to exist and, and, and be in this world where I was just, just constantly, constantly mithered. And, and there was something about that that I think it, I was using as a distraction and it took me a little while to really figure that out and really verbalize that in, in, in a way that I didn't feel shame about it, I think. Yeah, that makes total sense. And that's one way that 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 sneaky codependency can come in. And, you yeah. know, some people we tend to draw on, you know, toxic relationships and try to save or heal or do, you know, do something to fix or help when the other person isn't doing their work. But there's also that like, I can handle it all. And I, I kind of feel important. So I'm going to do that even at the detriment of of my well being. So I think yeah. that's where our, our theme self care and enlightened leadership is super important to not you know, drive yourself into the ground when when something is important to you or that work and ask yourself, what's what's the really driving force in this? So when you started meditating, um, what was that transformation like for you to start realizing kind of what was important to you and what you were called to do and how you wanted to show up as a leader differently? I think when you give when you when you sit and and watch your mind, you have to pay attention. Well, you don't, you can choose not to, I guess, but I chose to pay attention. And, and then I was thinking about what, who I was working for, what I was doing, where my like morality sat with that. I'd, I'd volunteered all my life. So that, that side of it was already there and it was already 
I suppose concreted in, you know, kind of we, we linked in that bit. So that that side of giving wasn't a, 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 wasn't new to me. But I think I kind of said, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? You know, I was hitting my 50s. I was menopausal. My kids had left home. And I was thinking, what's the point? Like what where 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 do I go if I take a breath and think, well, what 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 is it? And my daughter actually volunteered for the charity um, when she was, uh, she's actually a qualified teacher. So she said, oh, there's a job going, mom, I think you'd be perfect for it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. No, I don't know. So I just thought, Do you know, I'll just go for it. So I went and attend, uh, came and looked and, and saw a session here and then uh, went for a couple of interviews and got the job. And I think this has been a real turning point for me to really take a good look at me and how... I believe I turned up and how I am working very hard to be more present turning up. Mm, yeah. So I'm not just turning up now going, right, okay, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. And to take and not to problem solve. I was in a meeting today and I, I, was, I was so eager to give the answer <laughs> that I went, I'm okay, I'm just going to be present. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of go, I'm going to be present. I'm just going to listen. I don't need, I don't, I'm okay. But I had to kind of say it. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to because I, I was a nurse by profession, so I'm always mm-hmm. problem solving, yes. and there's always something to solve. Always something to solve. Then I went. I just need to be present. Absolutely, I think that's a wonderful point. I'm kind of laughing to myself because you know when I've been in team team situations, it's kind of been the same thing. And being an intuitive, I'm I'm seeing intuitive solutions where maybe people are super logical and not really seeing that big, you know, that bigger box or whatever outside of that box. And so it was frustrating, but then I realized, well, if I don't try to force that on anybody, it's no big deal. They'll fit, you know, we'll figure it out. It doesn't have to be my job. I remember an aha moment where I realized that and go, okay, just because I see it doesn't mean I have to be the one that fixes it. It's just for me to know I can see that. Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah. It it is a a difficult pill to swallow sometimes because I think because I've always got the answer. So I've all, I'm always there. <laughs> then you're always kind of like, <laughs> and they talk it and you're thinking, and I think that is, is, is a very freeing situation to be is that I'm not the sole person to sort this out. And we had a new member staff, staff today. We wanted to change the way we do a timetable. And she went, I've got an idea. I went, right, you crack on, mm-hmm. you crack on with that idea. Well, we'll, we'll see. And it like the work group won't, and we'll work the process. Where before I'd be like, well, what's the idea and what are you going to do and where are you going to put it? And that, you know, and I just go, great, off you go. So I think in terms of leadership, true leadership is really letting that go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really is. It's facilitating and, and kind of being the, <clears throat> the space holder for teams and not, not trying to control every little bit. Because as we know, on the spiritual path, all desire for control or attempts at control are illusions. They're just yeah. illusions that keep us stuck in the egoic struggle, the suffering. Yeah. And we end up making others suffer because we're trying to control. And then we definitely suffer. And it can take a lifetime for some people to realize that. And I think especially for our other intuitive, sensitive people out there, it's okay to sit back and kind of let things play out. And maybe the information you're getting is just to help you have a better mindset about it or to have a broader view, but not necessarily, you know, maybe, maybe your, your opinion will be asked a little later down the line. You have to trust in the whole process and that other people have, have lessons to learn, I guess, sometimes, yeah. you know, and I think the revelations that come with that are quite almost synonymic in a way. So I, um, 
so my kids range from 29 to 22 and I've got two boys, two girls. And it occurred to me, I'd met, I'd, I'd brought them up to be resilient and uh, problem solvers and all these powerful words that are bra- banded about. But what I'd not taught them to do is self-care. Mm. Firstly, I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> and secondly, I didn't value it. So I've actually spoken to all of them in the last four weeks and said, you need to learn how to self-care and you need to decide what that looks like for you. But it's just as important as this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of my I'm, I'm kind with it. I'm not judging it. It's just something I noticed and I was I was curious about. I didn't teach them that. I didn't teach them it was OK not to do that. And I didn't teach them that it was OK to it's, things are a choice. Mm-hmm. um yeah they can talk about their feelings and they understand that you know they can talk to me about anything but as they grow up and get their own you know kind of have their own families or blended families or, or, or however that will look for them we don't teach self-care in, in a way that's positive that they are able to do so in the UK at the moment we have a massive problem with young people and, men- and mental ill health issues that's because we don't teach them mental health what we talk about is mental ill health. We don't talk about how, so here we've got a bedroom and we talk about, um, you know, how, you know, how the brain works and how you can do this and, and stress is normal. The feeling of stress is normal, it, but you know, we, we talk about ways that might not be normal, but we're born with it. And it's a natural phenomenon that exists. And, and the kids go, is it? And I'm like, yeah, it's okay to say, actually, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. So this is what I'm going to do to fix it. Like you would, my car is broken. I'm going to take it to a garage or, mm-hmm. So I think that's the revelations that have come from that. And I've, I've learned to be kinder to myself without saying I was negative or bad or, you know, yeah. those kind of things. Because I kind of just did the best I could at, with what I had. But I think that revelation became, it's very interesting. I it think. is very interesting. And it really, a couple of things came up for me while you were saying all that. And it's... Um, you know, in in the Western world, so to speak, you know, especially when it comes to the medical model or the mental health model, it has definitely, you know, changed our lives. It's very helpful. But as far as prevention and balance, it's not really the the four t- the foreground of that. Um, you know, that's more kind of the Eastern model. A couple of different Eastern models I can think of. So, and also, the thing about self care is, you have to choose it for yourself. That's the mm-hmm. one thing there's determination, fortitude, there's some other things that you need to do, you know, inside yourself, but no one can really influence that. You have to make it a choice. And that's not something that we even see in the movies, barely, you know, in books we read, it's like, it's more the the trouble that comes when we don't have those things in place. But the reality is, if we want to be happy, if we want to be in balance, yes, so important, especially if we're super busy trying to change the world. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have to find your, your, I call it the ohm zone. I've been using that term, like, oh, everything's <laughs> oh. good. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and wherever, however you do that, you know, nature mm-hmm. can be wonderful, taking naps on the couch, uh, you know, playing with pets, uh, you know, sometimes sports and recreation, it depends, bubble baths, it depends. Um, so for you, you know, mentioning, you know, we were just talking about the self-care stuff and that it needs to be a choice you make for yourself. You have had to let go of some people in your life in order to get to this space of not only enlightened leadership, but in a space where you're happy with the way your life is moving forward. Can you tell us about what it's like to let go of people when you notice they're just staying involved is going to going to kind of hold you back and maybe keep you all in this kind of more drama based situation? I yeah I think 
it was difficult because I was always the one that people would go to and say, look, I've got this problem or they'd come up, they'd come to our house or they would move in or, I mean, I'm being quite dramatic, but you know, or they would be there a lot. And then, and it's interesting because we don't live near family for a reason, mm-hmm. which becomes much more confirmed every year that we don't live near them. And then when you go next, it's almost like the, the drama the drama increases the further down we've got like a big motorway called the M6, the M6, you, you can feel it. And then you, you, you kind of, the, it, the negativity around that becomes more evident because we, I choose not to be with that. Mm-hmm. So when you're with it all the time, I suppose it's a bit like you don't notice small things, like you don't notice particles or something. But when mm-hmm. you are, if you lived in a particle-free environment and you went into a particle for want of a better description then you yeah. notice you now like when the sun shines through and you think i should have probably dusted my living room but, yeah and then so i i think i think i had to learn how to say no mm-hmm. and i had to learn it was okay to say no and it was okay to be because i'm quite I'm, I'm very vocal and confident anyway but i guess i was due to stuff in my childhood and subsequent things that had happened I think I or I feel I was in a place where I would placate because that is my I'm the placator so if there's a fight happening I'll stop it if there's drama I'll defuse it because it's something that comes so naturally to me that I didn't realize I was doing it a lot and um, I had to do it recently with my daughter's baby shower you know and, and you kind of like you, you want everybody to be okay and and you can either make it better or worse so I would never make it worse but now I know that I'm doing it much more um clearly and and I'm quite okay saying actually I, I really am choosing not to do that yeah. and I've never said that before so can that. you do that for me Louise and I've gone I'm actually I can't do that or I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that actually I said I'm not going to do that I was asked something today and I was like no I'm not going to do that mm-hmm. and I didn't give a reason because there was no reason needed. They asked me, could I do it? I said, no, that, that's it. And if they say why, I, I just reply, well, I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it sounds to me really simple, right, Molly? It sounds to me really like, why don't we say this a lot? But because we don't, because we go, I'm really sorry. I mean, I don't know what British culture is like. I'm really like, we queue and all kinds of, no, I'm really, really sorry. I can't do it because my leg fell off and, you know, and I'm really, really, but actually I just went, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do it. I love it. And people are, people are like, what? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to do it. You should ring, you know, one more often. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I love that. And that's rock solid boundaries. And yes, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of, well, my family line is raised in the American South, which is very much <laughs> similar to the British, like very polite and very, you know, you want to show up and safe face, look good, look nice. You know, even if under your breath, you're just like, oh, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> so the, the thing is the, the resentment that builds when we mm-hmm. say yes, when we don't want to do things um, causes so much more drama than yeah, we would otherwise the directness like just stops it in their tracks. And you know, someone once told me when I, I struggled with this years and years ago still do we all you know, recovering codependence, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a thing. But I was really concerned about something, uh, you know, disappointing someone and he said, Well, no one can argue argue with the truth. So just tell them what you think. And I was like, never forgot that. Thank you so much. Um, person passing through my life that I don't know anymore. But it was just that moment showed me, you're right. I'm making a lot of stress for myself by trying to please and placate everybody. And and I think it's interesting to talk about the 
the, we usually talk about fight or flight when it comes to stress response. Mm -hmm. And then we introduce the freeze, you know, fight, flight or freeze, but there's also fawn. So that's us placators. We want to actively make everything feel safe and we feel safer if we can do that. But again, it's, it's a survival mechanism, what I would call a mechanism of the instinct to stay safe and comfortable that leads you away from your intuition because you can't stay on track if you are replying and responding in that way. So thanks for sharing that example. I think it's really powerful. So, so now we're at the part of the show where we like to talk about uh, any current challenges you're still facing. Can you share like in the last uh, six to 12 months, how the desire to be polite and people please has shown up for you and, and what you're currently struggling with? I, I can do it the last two weeks. So um, my, we have an extended family, not my family, it's my husband's family, married into family and their behavior is appalling. Mm. And a situation happens and I said, I don't understand that behavior. And then something else, and I just went, do you know, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And my husband, Stu, who's, he's a lovely bloke, said, what do you mean? I said, yeah, I'm done. So I thought, what am I going to do? Because I've, I've kind of said it before, but never really acted out on that feeling. I don't feel it's right. I don't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. I'm exhausted by it. And I feel the longer I let this situation go on, it's not just one, it's several, then the more that I am uh, adding to the drama by my silence. Mm-hmm. so I <laughs> it sounds really petty right but I went onto Facebook and I just blocked them all I blocked, I blocked loads of people I just blocked them and then I went on the family chat and removed myself and then I didn't respond to certain things and even though it sounds really really simple I feel really empowered that I'm saying something and if anybody really wanted to know I would definitely take this opportunity to say well the reason I did it was this mm-hmm. and I'm not going to take it back mm-hmm. and I don't like it's not it's not that I don't like you as, as a person but I don't like your behavior and your behavior is not acceptable mm-hmm. so I feel I mean this was two weeks ago and I was exhausted I mean my finger was sore I was just blocking people block 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 you have to go in and block it and block it block it and then before I came out of the family chat somebody said something like I wouldn't wish you happy it doesn't they don't speak like this by the way but it's in my head I wouldn't wish you happy birthday on Facebook but I've been blocked and I went I don't care I'm coming out of the family chat I'm out so normally I would have gone oh it's because and I just went I said nothing I thought no because I'm not playing this anymore. I'm, I'm stepping out of the game. I'm stepping out of the drama triangle. I'm stepping out. Mm-hmm. You lot can do what you want. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing to leave. And if anybody wants to ask me, I'm now at a point where I'll go, actually, I don't like your behavior. And I've never liked your behavior. Can you please stop speaking to me? Yeah, that's what it takes sometimes. It really does. And, and, you know, you know, I often recommend people, you know, budget time with, with family, but when it gets overwhelming and it's draining for, for you and you're not, you know, people feed off drama. They just feed off it if they're not aware and they don't realize why they're unhappy in life or why they consistently like draw it to them. It's like, well, how are you participating? That's the first question we must ask ourselves and if we even if we're hanging around just to placate maybe we're participating yeah. so for those out there who are dealing with stuff you could you can go as extreme as that and, and blocking on Facebook is one thing you know it's like you didn't block them out of your life you just said hey I'm not going to like participate in this this weirdness anymore 
if you want to have a real conversation, mm -hmm. you know, we can do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, going no contact, some people need to do that if it's, it's, you know, narcissism and maliciousness and craziness as a whole, you know, a whole thing. So you have to know for yourself and listen to your intuition, um, speaking to listeners right now, of when, when to do what in terms of creating boundaries around these relationships, because the more you hang around and say it's okay, the more it's going to keep going. I mean, you know? it's been 25 years, so yeah. on and off. So I think it's about valuing how I sit in relationships and how I sit in the world more than yeah. just relationships. So I I can't sit with other people and and kind of really, and, and I have family, you know, that I love and adore and I speak to and I spend time with and I choose to do that and I have more energy and more time to spend with them because I'm not dealing with other things that, you know, that I can't contribute to or, or so I think it's uh yeah it, was, it, it feels really extreme but it actually I, when I did it I actually felt great just right yeah that's how you know yeah that's how you know and 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 for those who are nervous about making a big move like that uh I noticed when I take action on those intuitions and then it's done I'm like whoo yeah, I feel better. Like, that's how you know you're on the right track. Yeah, and I want you to listen to said that, you know, there was that point where like, should I, should I, should uh -huh. I? And then I, I kind of went, oh, I've done it. Oh. Yep, yep. Freedom. It's freedom, yeah. you know? So yes, yeah. absolutely. It's walking the path of peace. And that's what I see. I pulled a few Oracle cards for you as I tend to do for my guests. Is it okay if I share what I see here for of you? Of course you can, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, of course. Well, you're definitely in the witness right now, which means, you know, your meditation has brought you to this state where you understand yourself as your deep spiritual awareness and you might not speak that lane you know like speak it in that language all the time but that's you know not only what i pick up from you in our conversation today but also that it's it's changed you and your kind of central axis of mm -hmm. your personality and so um coming from uh, a childhood um i do see the the part of you that was super super positive and and came into this world with a mission you had to retrieve parts of your soul as you went along and grew up and you're now going through a transformation that's going to make it very um, necessary for you to cut out these things as much as possible. Because again, it's about having energy to serve. And something as a practitioner that I found, um, and, a, and a coach, uh, that if if I allowed toxic relationships to remain in my life, I, I can't have the energy to serve others. Mm -hmm. And I, I would think the same goes for you know working for charity, you know doing doing what you're doing and holding space. For transformation for people um you can't you don't have energy for that if you're dealing with drama at home is that is that true <laughs> yeah absolutely true and i think i think it's that choice and i i think if you've grown up being a placator or a codependent or somebody that's always had to maybe figure stuff out and and maybe be the grown-up in the room for want of a better description it's very hard to then find how to get out of that habit Mm -hmm. yeah. And once it's done, you think, okay, I am valuable. I am worthy. I am, I am worth listening to. And I, I do talk for, for England. Well, even though I'm Scotland, the UK, I suppose I should say, but I think there's something about being heard in situations where previously you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. It and feels think, kind of yeah. weird sometimes at first. <laughs> You're like, whoa, this is a whole new world, but it's allowing yourself that, uh, that respect and that sense of empowerment. 
That's why I love that word empowered, because it's not about having power over others or being the most powerful in the room. It's about empowering that inner voice that wants the peace, that wants to Mm -hmm. stay in the ohm to to live your life in that place and to live with purpose if you indeed feel called to purpose which most of us are when we're in that place and if we are you know that codependent side it tends to be because we want to help we want to serve in some way but it's uh really important to get clear about how that is and not to allow it to sink into the shadows so for you right now getting into your heart space and connecting to your source that is that is telling you to do these things is actually good it's challenging i can see that it can be challenging but you are being divinely guided to to make these decisions so it's important to trust that and know that in setting your intentions to change your old patterns you're it's leading you into a more positive life a worldview and a more positive view of people in general so that you stay more uplifted about not only the work you're doing but you know seeing the the difference like there are lots of different kinds of people in this world and there may be a time where you felt like oh just everyone is just crazy <laughs> you know everyone's <laughs> on the drama train and you're you're realizing no if you're a leader and bringing people into that more organized helpful place that you can bring that out in them if that makes sense yeah yeah 100 yeah, cool. yeah yeah so your hopes and fears just are based on you know confidence standing your ground uh, knowing that you can affect the change that you wish to see that it's not just one big flow that's always just like we're not helpless against it uh, but we can uh, participate in it with our intentions so it's important to keep an eye on your purpose and know that um, any old habits or patterns that keep you stuck or pull you backward are not going to be helpful right now so the more that you can maintain focus straight ahead and the vision of the next stage of your company the next stage of your nonprofit would be amazing um and you're getting guidance on what to do so i feel like it's it's going to be a very creative process and you may already know what i'm talking about like just just ideas are coming or you're downloading ideas that Mm -hmm. you didn't have before yeah and and meeting the most fabulous people yeah so i think the other beautiful part of this 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 role for the charity is is i meet like you said you meet these amazing people and you're like this is this is this is like a gift Mm -hmm. And I, I view when I do podcasts like this for others, I view it, it's a bit like an audio book, mm-hmm. right? So I always view it because you always learn something. Yeah, So absolutely. for me, podcasts, doing podcasts is, for me, is like an audio book. Yeah. It's like telling, it. it's like listening to a story. I think, is. wow. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, and you don't even have to pick up a book. You can just listen yeah. and be present and go, okay. And and every time I've done something like this, and you, you'll probably find this well, Molly, is that, it shifts you in some way. Yeah, it does. 100%. It does. Yeah. I, I have, I get little messages, like even from my spirit guides, they'll be coming from other directions. And then we'll talk about something on a podcast with someone I just met. I'm like, okay, I got the message, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's all, it's a holographic universe as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so that's absolutely true. And, and the power of stories, the healing power of stories. And um, I think those listening tend to tend to listen to this kind of stuff because it's like, oh, well, I'm not alone or, oh, that's inspiring how that person dealt with that. And, and really at the end of the day, like for, for just to, to finalize your card reading here, and I think it's a great note to end on, that the more we stop giving ourselves away um, and, and trust in divine timing to take care of others and also to bring us what we need, we can, we're safe to explore our true desires in life and not to feel guilty for them, whether that is more time for self-care or whether that is following a calling that nobody understands or saying no or breaking up with, with 
people that, you know, just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to anybody, but it feels right to you. I think that's the key. So that's, that's the journey you're on and and you're doing a great job of admitting what you truly want in your life. Thank you, Molly. That was really interesting. Yeah. You're so welcome. Cool. Well, I wish you the very best with AbSafe. I love hearing what you're doing. Wouldn't it be cool to spread that model all over the world? I don't know if that's a goal of yours, but (laughs) I mean, yeah, if we can save a life and prevent harm, I'm in. Yeah. yeah yeah I love that yeah awesome well very good so where uh, where can people find out more about absafe um, if they're interested so if you put in absafe in google where we've got a website we're on insta tiktok uh twitter so um like you just you'll find us because if you put it in it will come up on google and you'll be able to find us and we're just absafe and we're in aberdeen so um yeah it'd be great if people just gave us a look gave us a like maybe and just be just be mindful of the tiktok because it is a bit it may come across as a bit silly but there is a there is a point to it um and actually just getting in touch with that inner child i think even if it makes somebody smile even if they're smiling in despair it's okay that's right absolutely it makes everything much easier well thank you so much again for being here today i've really enjoyed our talk yeah thank you molly thanks for your time You're welcome. And thanks guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, If you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.